All right, here we go. Check one, check two. This is it. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, me, Rob Cantrell. Oh, man, I'm excited. I have a great episode, a caffeinated episode, a cannabis-ized episode uh, with one of my first friends in New York, a great comedian, a great dude, funny cat. He tours with the uh, legendary Tony Woods. We first met uh, at the Boston Comedy Club, like in the mid 2000s. He's one of my dear friends. We had a a radio show even before podcasts with this other cat named DJ Concerned. And we'll talk about it. But this is one. this was my first host. And we had a show called R&R. Give it up for the comedian, Rondell Hartley, everybody. <laughs> Andy was at my wedding. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Rondell, how are you doing, man? I'm good, brother. I'm good, man. Just trying to maintain in this pandemic, now snowstorm world we're in now. So, you know, I'm good, I man. I know, man. It's uh, been a year. <laughs> We've been underground for a year, living like mole people. Yeah. Uh, but we're doing it, and I hear good things. Just because uh, I just try to, you know me, I like to be positive. But but hearing about the vaccine, I like hearing about the vaccine. Okay. And I hear people getting the vaccine, and that means the numbers are going down. And as dark and awful and how uh, <laughs> the world might be exploding right now in some ways but in other ways it's like uh i do think there's going to be a snap back to reality eventually and i think we'll just be in a good place if you we all keep healthy and cool like comedians like you and i that have been doing this like people don't understand rondell was at the boston comedy club which was a legendary new york uh comedy club one of the coolest cats there and he would host uh with tony woods if anybody wants to check out tony woods he has a tippity haddish special right now on Netflix, but he's kind of like a DC comedian legend. Like Tony Woods is just one of those classy, awesome comedic forces. And Rondell's always been with Tony since the beginning of your career, pretty much Rondell, since the beginning I met you, you were always kind of either opening or setting up the room for Tony at the Boston Comedy Club. Um, And that's where I met you and I met Patrice O'Neill. I met DC Benny. we were all there. There was a, you know, we were all there. For, I mean, you guys were New Yorkers, but I came in like 2005. I was repped by Barry Katz. So I, I kind of got the whole open door to the Boston. That was that was kind of one of the good things that happened with Barry Katz. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't give me that much work, but he got me he got me three sets every night at the Boston Comedy Club back in the day. And I do I do look on in hindsight or just like, you know, I do find those days, uh, I I hold on to them. I I think I'm really lucky to be there with you. That was some real New York fucking comedy shit that was popping off down there. Yeah, just a lot of, because you never know who's going to show up in the room. Like, it could be a Monday and you got Tracy Morgan coming through. You know, this is like when he was prime Saturday Night Live or anything like that. You know, when he's crazy, then you're hanging out with him afterwards. We've hung out with him at Madame X and he would just buy everybody a bottle of Moet. <laughs> <laughs> that was drinking Tracy. I ran with drinking Tracy a little bit too. Uh, 
And then I, I toured with Tracy the last couple of years. But back then, yeah, he was a rock star. He was a definitely he's still a movie star. But yeah, it was. And, but it did have. I know what you're saying just to have him pop in like, you know, it was like a, it was like a, just a, a good old just uh, what would you call it? A sweat box like that yeah, place yeah. was just a, as the as the rapper Big L would say, uh, just a sweat box, man. It was just a club like just literally, you know what a club is? It's just a room that's just four walls and it's black and they got some speakers and a couple lights and it gets packed out and people are drinking. That's the sweat box. Yeah, some some good times there, too, man. And just like you said, Patrice would come and just make fun of everybody and you know, crap on me and crap on anyone. And, you know, but he was actually a good guy after all that just snapping on each other. So, you know. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Patrice and uh, Bill Burr and Vaughn. Pronounce Vaughn's last name good for me. Oh. <laughs> on, um, we could just. Von Carlo. Von Carlo. I'm thinking. Von Carlo. Von, yeah, Von Carlo, who's the sweetest, funniest, yeah. cool chick uh, who actually dated Patrice O'Neill. And also put together this new documentary that's coming out from my friends over at All Things Comedy. So please check that out. But yeah, Rondell was friends with Patrice. I was friends with Patrice, but we were definitely more of the younger comics in the room. Yeah. But uh, I got to do New Year's with Patrice. And everybody said, you know, he would always rip, like Patrice was always somewhat respectable. I wasn't in with the click click. So he wasn't always like ragging. He never was like ragging on me. Uh, but he never was like mean to me. Like uh, I did do stand up New York on New Year's and he was nice to my wife. I remember I was like, ah, oh, shit, I got to fuck with Patrice. I got my wife, <laughs> uh, you know, tough crowd. I don't know how this shit's going. But he was with Vaughn and I was with my and I just remember it was just a respectful night of like, yo, Rob, what's up? You know, we were just very he was just he, he said hi. He was just sweet, cool, you know, and that we did a great show. Uh, there was a bunch of people on that show, but that was like in 2006 or seven, right? When I got to town before he died. But uh, right. it was kind of when he was out of the cellar, there was like this weird year when he was just trying to figure out what's going on that he was doing spots, but I got to work with him then. Sweet. Uh, what, I just saw you were working with Tony Woods. Tell me about that. Like you just, uh, you, how did it go? Um, it was good. We, um, we did the uh, Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, great room, you know, and uh, even half full, it was full, especially with the pandemic, you know, things are going on now. Yeah, man. And we, yeah, we were there from Thursday to Sunday. They threw an extra show on our Sunday because the Saturday shows were sold out. So, you know, they, yeah, Tony and a Netflix thing. So it was good. The first night was actually good for me because I haven't performed, like I've performed, but I haven't done like 25 minutes. <laughs> Either, dude. you know and she's like oh how much time you have to do oh you have to do 25 i was like okay <laughs> just go up and just do 25 minutes yeah how did and that it, feel brother it felt actually the, the funny thing was i felt my best set was thursday like everything was just flowing i just went up i was like okay and then everything fell where it's supposed to the other shows are good but that was that thursday was like oh my god this is okay you know, I haven't been up, I haven't done 25 minutes in a long time just to go up and just for flow was like really great. Like you would tell me, yo, dude, you got to do more stuff on the road, you know, so I can help. It helps me get more stuff out than going up doing five minutes every other night. You know, it's just 25. It's, you can play a little bit more. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Rondell, you have Rondell has a very low laid back, cool, like your personality is just cool and you're funny and it just opens up at 20, you know, 30 minutes. You can let that breathe a little bit. And that's what's so cool about you working with Tony Woods is that he does let the the comedy breathe. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to work on that. You know, I think that's just a daily meditation of just trying to be take it as cool. <laughs> and especially during a pandemic, and especially with stand up, because the crowd reads that. And once you get the crowd to be cool and easy, they're going to end up laughing. At, I mean, if you could just say some goofy ass shit, they're going to laugh at it, you know, and then you can get the ball up and running. Running, yeah. It, it's, it, it, it all depends. Sometimes if the crowd is with you from the beginning, like that Thursday show, it was had to be like maybe 30 people, but they were so like it was this band. They were like they were there to laugh. So that it helped out and everything went really good. And I was shocked. I got all like a lot of new stuff that I wanted to say and. And I was I was just, I was upset I didn't take that set, but I still used everything from that from that show for the rest of the weekend. So, yeah, yeah, because the material, like I said, like I really think everything, not everything's going to change, but it's going to be a new world when we come out of this shit. Like, yeah, I think money's going to move different. I think comedy's going to move different. I think things are just going to move different. And how you approach stand up, yeah, like if I went up there and tried to do my old act, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I've done I, I did a sh I've done like two shows. I did one for Eastville Comedy Club and it was outside in Brooklyn. And then I did one over in Fort Greene Park. Did I tell you about this? The one time I went over, I've been, you know, I'm 47. You know, I'm up there. I'm not trying to be out Coronaville. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking vitamin D. I'm taking COC 10. I got all these vitamins. I take emergency. I'm I'm trying to make it through it without it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but what the story, I mean, it, 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 the story I did at Fort Green Park, right when I went up, a Black Lives Matter march started going through the show. <laughs> so comedy has been just like knocked down. I mean, I, I mean, I, I supported Black Lives Matter, of course, all day, every day. But it just it's the times, you know, I'm in the middle of a park at night. I got a mask on and then here comes the march. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like you have to talk about what's going on. You know, people usually just stick into their act and won't acknowledge what's going on around them in the world, but you have to. It could it could lead into your old material. You'd be like, I miss doing this when everything was regular. And, yeah. you know, but it's like you have to acknowledge something, you know, some some part of your act has to be acknowledged what's going on. And then when we come out of it and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first five, I, the sets I always did, and I, and the word I always loved, and I just wanted to go out there and drop it, was droplets. I just okay. wanted to talk about these droplets. <laughs> Dude, it was nasty, man. People had crazy droplets. Before this, I'm not messing with nobody's droplets. And stand-up is a droplet game, man. All we're doing is spin droplets. And the funny thing is, like, I smoke. People were offering me, like, hey, you want to smoke some weed? I'm like, we're in a pandemic. I'm not touching your spit <laughs> yeah, don't. i'm not taking anybody's job i haven't i haven't passed the the duchy on the left hand side in, in a year and a half man i ain't doing any of that shit yeah i keep my own <laughs> own smoke and uh yeah rondell definitely has always been pro cannabis and pro uh legalization i i guess yeah uh i'm guessing because we are talking about black lives matter and i was just reading an article about the legalization and the mass incarceration. And I really think all this stuff, even the 
vent not to go down the weed rabbit hole too all but environmentally yeah, yeah. like uh i was gonna drink a water bottle on this episode <laughs> my wife was like don't be drinking plastic water bottle on youtube <laughs> yeah it's just like because everybody knows what the deal is i mean texas is freezing up good job rondell rondell's <laughs> always been fucking good too he's got his recyclable you uh, have you been uh, uh, when was the last time you got a bodega bag when um the- oh christ i slip i'm not perfect man i tell you just the other day but I try to bring my own baggie to like the to bodegas and grocery stores. I'm much better than I was four years ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, but sometimes those bodega bags, you sometimes they come in handy. Handy, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember last winter I didn't have any boots, so I just put my put two bodega bags on my shoes. Shoes, oh my god, that's old school right there. <laughs> <laughs> But this year I got some boots. I'm re- I was ready for the snow today, man. I'm ready. Are, are are you messing around with the edibles or no? You don't do edibles. No, I love edibles, man. I'm for you know me. I'm uh I'm not. I'm I'm riding it to the wheels. Come off, dude. This is. I mean, I just think cannabis is uh what I enjoy, what I like, and the we. I'm not right now, but uh right before the pandemic hit, somebody gave me, and it was a ridiculous amount of can uh edibles, like ridiculous. And he gave them to me for free. And I was like, what am I going to do? With-? I was thinking about trying to sell, I'm, but I'm not no drug dealer. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try to flip these, make some, I'm going to buy some shoes. I'm going to buy some boots. Um, but uh, no, but it, it was right before the pandemic. Okay. And then when, because I haven't left New York, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, I've done something, but I haven't left New York, the state at all. Um, I've driven out like, you know, out in the, like out, out a few times. But during the core of the pandemic, I was here in Brooklyn, man. I was just like locked in and it was stressful. You know, it was super stressful and you couldn't go outside and you couldn't. So I didn't smoke, but I just ate an edible every night for like 40 days. <laughs> yeah, I did an edible on on Tuesday, half, a little half. And it really it really just knocked me knock me out man it's like the ones where i guess the ones that mess with your your mind where they just have you blank that's what i was just like yeah it, it gets into your bloodstream that's the thing about like smoking it like you can take a shower or take a couple yeah. walks around the park but the thing about edibles once it's in your bloodstream you, i mean it's like <laughs> it's like tripping acid like it's like you're riding it out for at least four hours until this until your body processes all of it out and uh yeah. You don't want to be working with any heavy machinery at all. No, I learned don't eat the whole thing. When they say eat half, eat half. I, I learned, you know, it's been a few times I took one and then I ate the whole thing. I was on a train. I was like, I got to get home. I, gotta, I, gotta get home. <laughs> I know being on the subway. I've been caught on the subway uh, in New York and I have been on a, like an Amtrak train on an edible. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I, it's if I do it, I was like, I have to be home and just lay down or something. <laughs> you gotta be, yeah, you gotta have the bed kind of near. That's what I was saying. Like, they're kind of good as an alternative. As you know, I never got into pills. Thank God. You know, I'm, you know, I'm almost Rasta man. You know, I'm, <laughs> I want to drink ginger juice and fucking, and uh, you know, eat, 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 eat jerk chicken and fucking smoke spliffs. You know, I don't want to even alcohol. I, you know, it kind of bums me out. But I will say that. A lot of people are taking uh, sleeping pills or what is it, Vicodin or Ambien or Percocets. Like, uh, 
like I do think an edible is just like you can get just a good night's sleep on an edible. You know what I'm saying? And and, yeah. you, and you're not and you're not opening yourself up to opiates. You know. That's kind of where my head's at on that one. <laughs> Rondell, I love your Wu-Tang uh, tattoo. When did you get a Wu-Tang tattoo? Uh, 97. <laughs> so this thing is old. I gotta, I have to get it retouched up, but it's old. It's an old. 97, and uh, can tell me what went through. Were you doing stand-up in 97? No, I uh, started probably stand like 99 or the end of, the the end of 98 but the beginning of 99 same same so so that's when i started starting so. so where was your heads at when you got the wu-tang tattoo what were you doing in your life then what was your day job what were you doing um i was working in restaurants bartending and you know working yep. at red lobster that's <laughs> <laughs> working at red lobster which red lobster was it the times square one i know you used to roll by that what no were you in brooklyn no, it was on queens that, that times square one wasn't open yet that one uh, off of Queens Boulevard. I was right off of Queens Boulevard. And how much did the Wu Tang tattoo cost? Um, oh Jesus, I think maybe I always think about the tattoos. I'm always like, man, this tattoos cost like three hundred bucks or like two fifty or you know, anytime I had that much man, I got some weed. <laughs> I think this one was like maybe a hundred or hundred and fifty dollars because this is when you couldn't get tattoos in New York City. You had to go to Long Island or some so it's like an illegal tattoo. You know, <laughs> Pete Davidson's cousin made that to you. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of those where because they were, you know, you couldn't get it. So it was just. Yeah. I got it. And then, you know, I only have just this only have two tattoos. That's the sad part. It's like people now, if you got them all, it's like I'm just 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 two. Yeah, yeah I think you're I think it's still, and if you're going to have anything, uh, Wu-Tang is definitely a good thing to have. Did you enjoy the documentary on Showtime? Um, I, I didn't, not say I didn't watch it. I, I caught some of it. I, I definitely watched the, uh, the, uh, the Hulu, the Hulu, uh, miniseries. Yeah, I didn't see the Hulu. I saw the documentary. I love the documentary. And then my brother was like, you gotta see the Hulu series. It's all yeah. about the Hulu series. Cause I didn't have Showtime, but now they're showing it on YouTube. Showtime's YouTube channel. So I'll most likely I'll catch it just to catch it. But I, you just like, you know, everything, but I guess you could see other stuff that you, you know, you didn't see. So. Yeah, I just remember really enjoying it and just, uh, yeah, their whole story and just, the, yeah, just learning about uh, Staten Island. Yeah. Just like how rugged and crazy Staten Island was compared to the rest of New York <laughs> and uh, and how that kind of just influenced their style. Yeah, because I, when I, I used to work for this thing called uh, CVC, City Volunteer Corps, like early 90s. And they went, they, they, they took us out to Staten Island Park Hill to like deliver food and coke drives. And I mean, that place was, you know, I grew up in the Bronx. That place was just rough, you know, and you saw the whole, you saw Wu-Tang signs on there, you know? Yeah. And and this is like before they kind of blew up and you see all these Wu-Tang shit everywhere. So. Wow. 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 Yeah. Park Hill. And yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. And it, 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 it just had a little bit, of it's almost I don't know yeah Staten Island's just its own vibe man it's like yeah. kind of the country kind of an <laughs> island. The, the you know it's kind it's kind of Long Islandy but it's definitely New York you know it's it's crazy 
but yeah, uh, a lot of people end up moving there. I find from Brooklyn, people end up moving. They either go, yeah, they either start Brooklyn and end up in Staten Island. Staten Island. Or, yeah, yeah. Certain parts look like Long Island, like where uh, a comic. What's her name? I don't think her name. Uh, Irene Bremish. She lives out in Staten Island. If you go to her where her house is, it looks like it's somewhere in Long Island. It looks like a nice, you know, it's a nice yeah, suburban they, area. Yeah, yeah, it's got like you can got lawn and all that stuff. And uh yeah. it's like a house, you know, and but you're right over the bridge, so it's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh have you been uh performing? So th- is this kind of is the first time you've been out out in a while? Yeah, or have you been performing a, lo- a lot, or have you been doing any of these Zoom shows? Um, I did one Zoom show, uh, which was all right. You know, it was, I did like five five minutes because I didn't want to do any Zoom shows. I was like, I don't want to do any fans Zoom shows. So I did one, and then I did a Zoom birthday party. My sister had a birthday party, and she had it on Zoom. That was my only thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but now, yeah, I haven't done. I know I'm. I got one coming up, and then I did one, and I just started yelling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of—I don't know. It's just weird to get into like comedy zone, um, on the computer. <laughs> Except for the podcast, I do like podcasts. I think it's dope that I get to see you and talk to you. Uh, Rondell and I had an awesome podcast, or it, it was before podcast. Podcast, yeah. It was on Brooklyn radio, and we did it in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, at my friend uh, Sean Aiken, who is actually doing artisanal pizzas right now. He was the manager of Brooklyn Bowl, but you can check him out at, I want to plug him, Rondell, at Shawnee Slice. And he's at Rockaway Beach. If you ever go out there, you can went order there. pizzas. I went there. You did? I'm going there tomorrow. I'm going to go pick it up. Did you order pizza for Shawnee Slice? Um, I went, and it was during the summer. During the summer, like, I have another friend who lives out there. And uh, I went, and he was working. I was like, yo, he was like, I was like, yeah, what are you doing? And he was making pizza at this this Rockaway bar, little outdoor bar thing. And it was, I was like, dope. And then, you know, he's like, yeah, just come out, blah, 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 get some pizza. But it was, it was crazy. Like I was, that was a problem. I was in Far Rockaway too much last, last year. <laughs> I wonder about that. I have, I'm going out there. That's our little sneakaways to go there tomorrow. That's, but I don't know about the snow and shit. No, yeah, it might be. It but might I ordered. Be. Yeah, it might be. We'll see how, but it's kind of slushy though. It's slushed out. My wife really wants to go. So she's like, it's going to be all right. So I'm staying positive, but I'll call it off if it's weird. But it's nice. When I saw him, I was like, oh shit, what's up, Sean? <laughs> hey, he's throwing it off of Instagram. He's got a new one called The Villain that's inspired by MF Doom. That's dope. Like, this is like, Sean is like literally one of the coolest cats I know. Like, he's managed bands, he manages a great uh, music venue, and he also makes pizza on the side. And uh, all the, he's from, you know, Rockaway Queens. So he knows pizza. Everybody yeah. from New York that's from New York knows pizza. Uh, but he takes good care and has a lot of love for it and just a positive, cool dude. And he was our DJ, which was yeah. cool. Like uh, Rondell and I had this show and it was right before podcast started bo- like blowing up. But I pitched a show. I ran into some dudes that, and that's how I got connected with Sean. It was called Brooklyn Radio Net. And, and Rondell and I had a show called R&R. And I'm very proud of this show. We were, we, uh, cause we had DJ concerned and he had two turntables. He had a mixer, one of the realistic mixers, the old school, just a basic like hip hop setup. 
And then he had crates of 12 inches. We would play, we would play beats all the time on our show, take bong hits and just talk about comedy. Uh, it was the, it was so ahead of its time. And, you know, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun, but you know, the thing about podcasting and everything, like the money wasn't there yet. We were both kind of trying to get it together. I was just married and had a kid yeah. on the way. So, and then the website, the guy that owned it was kind of weird. And Sean had a falling out with him. So it, the whole thing kind of imploded, but we did maybe like six months. I don't know. We, we, we did maybe like 30 episodes. So, just, yeah, we did a lot. And we, and we played music. We shouldn't have been playing because we didn't have the rights to. Play. Yeah. We didn't have any of the rights to any of this shit. Like the, all this shit now you can't do, but yeah. I was going to ask you, you know who I'm friends with? I'm not dropping names, <laughs> but I, uh, but he, yeah, like we have mutual friends and then we would run into each other in the neighborhood and we had a couple of drinks a couple of times was uh, D nice. Okay. Okay. So D nice is, uh, and he's my Instagram friend. We, I almost had him on the show and he's kind of blowing up. Like, have you ever tuned into D nice's uh, Instagram live? You had to. <laughs> you had to. You had to, man. You had to. That was like prime pandemic. It was D nice, and that just it blew up. That's where like the whole versus thing with uh, Instagram. I don't know if you watch the verses. Yeah, I, I love the verses, but I, 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 the later ones I wasn't in. I love yeah. the Snoop and DMX. That was the best one. But uh, D nice is the one who just. He lit the, he lit it. He lit the, you know, just had everything that was the start. He opened it up and it was everything else. Everyone else kind of followed after him, but it, it would be hours. I'm on my phone on the gram, just watching him, listening to him play music. So it was, that was like, I know. And he's everything. like, yo, Shaq, what's up? Oprah, what's going down? <laughs> <laughs> he's playing like Chub Rock. <laughs> yeah, and it's, he's, he'll mix it up and it's just, He's soulful. Yeah. He's so soulful and such a he's an inspiration of a dude that took a career and then flipped it and kept on flipping it and staying positive and staying himself. And he actually was like the DJ for Obama. And, uh, you know, he's just from a guy from our generation. If anybody knows, D Nice had a song called My Name is D Nice. And he was part of uh, the BDP crew, which is the Boogie Down Productions. And he was also a part of maybe one of the best albums uh, in hip hop, which was uh, that first BDP strictly. What was the first one with the bridges over and all that? Um, I don't know if it was Criminal Minded. Or yeah, Criminal Minded. Yeah, like he was a part of like, he was the guy that was making the beats. Like th th that was all Scott LaRock, KRS-One. And D nice. D nice, yeah. And those guys were up against Red Alert and all those dudes. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So he was uh, making beats and, and chopping them, and then producing his own songs. And then his hip hop career kind of went down after the '80s because he was he came on so early, but yeah. then reinvented himself as a DJ and became like one of the top DJs in the country now. Yeah, I work catering events and he's been a DJ like they do this big um, party every year uh, towards like, I think is it Labor Day or something like that, Labor Day weekend. And it's like a rich place in the Hamptons, like a doctor's rich black doctor family. And he's always a DJ for that party. And it's been like maybe five years in a row. Like he's so I've seen him work several times when you do these catering events and it's like big money that they get him. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody, <laughs> if it's sponsored by American Express, you go get the D nice coming through. 
Yeah. I know, but he's also a regular dude that has his feet on the ground, like just talking to him. Like he's, there's zero fucking bullshit with that cat, man. Just pure, smooth, nice guy. Yeah, we, like we met a lot of smooth, like rap people, like from um, was it nice and smooth? Uh, Greg Nice. Greg or- Nice. That tripped me out. You and I would hang out, and Greg Nice would come and watch you you this was at that place in the lower east side which is called the laugh lounge am i right yeah. laugh lounge but then he would go to boston too he was he would go to boston too and just hang out yeah the boston well the boston was just so new york man you're gonna run into it was that it was a sweat box but no i uh the, uh the story i always have was an off night i had to follow patrice and it was spike lee in the crowd but it was like one of those nights where there's literally 12 people yeah and it was, I just bombed right in front of Spike Lee in front of like 12 other people. <laughs> but yeah, those guys were all around. You know, it's New York. You just never, that's what the dope part of New York is. You go out yeah. and everybody's everybody and you might run into the ghost of John Lennon. You never. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Prince was at the club one time and I think Marion Van Peoples was there. It's like a whole bunch of celebrities from IT to um you know sometimes it wasn't a like you said it wasn't a packed night it'll just be one of those off nights yeah and there was just be in that new york neighborhood iced tea i heard uh, dennis miller i've heard weird like people like just uh, would be around and it was just that in the comedy cellar were were the village clubs that you might pop in if you're hanging out in that neighborhood you know um yeah man uh so shout out to those days man we had a (laughs) We had a great that that I really I hope when this comes out of the pandemic that I'm, I am going to get a full on cannabis coffee hour. So I'll, I'll have you back <laughs> as much as you want. Hopefully I'll just get a, my 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 crew and maybe even get Sean back on the turntable. So yeah. What was cool about Sean, he's he was like politically aware and like you and I aren't that political. We can all <laughs> run stuff by, you know, Sean is definitely a, a lot more progressive. He's on the cusp of a lot of the stuff that's happening. But it was cool that we would just like balance everything out. Uh, what, what did you? I mean, what do you think about? The, I haven't talked to you. What do you think about the world today, man? What do you think is going on? I don't. Well, well, Trump is gone, so that's one good thing. But you know, it's it's like everything was just last year. Everything was just set on fire. Everything erupted. You know, every all the tension and this race tension, and from the right to the left. Like I've paid more attention to the like to politics, <laughs> thanks to Trump. And then thanks to what we're going through, you know, and just, you had to just keep up with everything. You can't just, this one of the times you can't live in your own world. You have to seek yes, information and just know what's going on around you. Cause then you don't know, then you're, you know. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, it's just so greasy these days with the internet and stuff like that, that people can get into power. And yeah, I didn't want to get into it, but yeah, there is all this white supremacy and and all this stuff. And the one thing about the Trump thing, it's becoming more apparent how bad it is. Is yeah. So my idea, and it's as bad as it is, one way of looking at it with the Trump thing is that at least now we know, like it's starting. But the only thing it's scary, like with the with the Capitol insurrection and dudes wearing you know uh, swastikas and you know. In the Charlottesville, like that's what I hate talking about. Like when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, I never heard of 
Nazis marching and <laughs> you know that that shit just didn't happen, and now it's happening, and uh, it's definitely making me, you you know, take white supremacy um, and nationalism or whatever the Nazis like. I got to be wary of that shit. I got to look out for it. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be working in clubs that is fucking with it, like the alt right shit. I'm just it scares to me, and I it's has nothing to do with why I got into comedy. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, you know, it just, he brought a lot of his, he brought a lot of things to light that we were uncomfortable with. And if he brought, you know, that's one of, the, I guess, one of the good empowered things. empowered people. Yeah, he empowered <laughs> and people, he, you know, just, yeah. Uh, it, it's a tricky subject. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to go too deep in it. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but I do also want to address it just because, uh, yeah, it, it, there was these articles about, you know, the comedy clubs and, the, you know, just like all this stuff that's happening, man. Um, with the alt-right, that's what I'm saying. It's just yeah. like, I'm trying to just like make moves that it's only towards the love and positivity. And I do think it's great when, you know, it's Black History Month. Rondell, you're one of my favorite black friends, even though I love <laughs> you, even if you weren't black. But I do love it when people come together. I do love it when races come together. And I was talking about it on other podcasts, like a diverse crowd in stand-up, that's the best crowd. Like, yeah, that is definitely. When it's everybody, when it's all mixed up, even ages, like when yeah. it's all mixed up, it's, there's just a different tone to the comedy that's being played on stage. Yeah. There's no home court advantage. So it just comes from a real place. You know, like, the yeah. laughs are just like, yo, this is, you know, this is what it is. Yeah. Uh, what have you been doing to stay healthy? Are you meditating, Rondell? Like me, I've been meditating. Like I have to meditate. I have to stretch or I go to shit. I have to, like, <laughs> I have to eat right. Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm taking mad vitamins. I'm doing these Tibetan stretches. I'm listening to all this like positive stuff while I sleep, you know, I'm doing everything. What are you doing? I know you're, you're health conscious. Um, I was just mostly, I was bike riding a lot during the summer. Oh, I, I no. bought a bike, you know, I paid too much for it, but it's, you know, cause they were sold out everywhere. And I was just bike riding all around Brooklyn, a little bit into Manhattan. And, uh, just, I mean, a lot, it was, it was a lot, you know, you like it. I like it, but it's just, my bike is like a mountain bike. It's kind of heavy at times. So it's, you know, feels like a truck, but it, it was just, I was like, I, I I bike ride from Prospect Park all the way to Coney Island. And then, you know, just like, a lot. It, was just, it was just a Are lot. Are you playing music? That's the only thing about New York. Are you playing music while yeah, you're- I had, Yeah, I had my little, I had my little speaker with me. I don't have it. I had my little speaker and I would have it in my bag and just- Oh, that's the way to do it. Cause I always worry about the headphones. Like if, if I'm trapped in the music. Yeah. No, I don't do the headphones. You got to hear what's going on. You can hear your music, but the headphones is like, it's just. Yeah, I think that's a smart way. Yeah, because you also don't want to be bored. It's nice to have some beats going on. Yeah, definitely some beats, some old school beats, some some. What, were you, what were you playing there? What were you playing out on the road? I love when people play out off their bikes and I'm coming home late night and I'm kind of high and I hear them. <laughs> <on the bike. laughs> 
and they're playing like Puerto Rico. Oh, they're not playing that, but I just you know they're playing something cool. Somebody was playing some jazz today while it was snowing, like touring their kids around, like they had a sled and shit. But he had a, I must have had like a speaker on his joint, and he was playing jazz, and it just looked cool with the snow. Now well, I would play this old school R and B, you know, um, some like '90s hip hop and then new hip hop that I could understand, and you know, just. <laughs> Just whatever the vibe is. Like if I'm wanna get hyped, I'll have some some hip hop on that when I'm just ready when I'm coming home riding, I'll throw on some, you know, some some eighties dance beats or whatever, you know. So yeah. but that was the most thing. And then if now I'll be honest, the only thing I'm doing is playing 2K. I'm getting <laughs> so I'm playing, like 2K. Is that is that Sony Xbox? Uh yeah, it's the X it's it's whatever. I, I have the, the Xbox. I don't have the new Xbox. I don't have the X the new xbox or playstation 5 but my regular four yeah that's all i'm it's video games dude it's now it's just you know i know i know you got to do something to pass the time yeah. uh yeah i've been yeah meditating stretching writing i'm working on some new music <laughs> so i'm writing good i could do that here that's what i'm learning and all this technology like i'm learning it all so i'm excited about the cannabis coffee hour and keep doing this weekly i appreciate you being on and i want to just keep on doing this and actually go to an actual coffee shop today i went to have you ever been to the bagel pub there's one on 11th street no I've, I've, been I've never been to one it's called the Bagel Pub. It is on like 11th Street and Park Slope, like right before you go to Red Hook. Like okay. Um, but I got some coffee there today, but I also bought some coffee beans. And this is uh, uh, Tan Tanzia. Tanzia, okay. African beans, man. Uh, snappy, vibrant, light, medium. But I, 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 I like, tr check out the Bagel Club. That's where I'm getting coffee. I'm trying to change it up. In terms of coffee, are you drinking coffee, Rondell? Are you drinking matcha? What, I know everybody's- um, I'm, uh, I'm still drinking that crappy Dunkin' Donuts coffee. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with D&D. &D. I still love me some D&D, &D, man. I mix it up all the time. You know me. D&D, uh, &D, uh, are you going or do you get a bag of D&D? &D? Uh, no, because I don't, I want to get a coffee maker. I'm thinking about like the, the one where you just the one shot and you put it in. So I don't want to too much, too much cleanup, but I do want to get a coffee maker because sometimes I don't want to go outside, you know, and just, cause I know, I, I know you probably got a grinder. You grind your, your coffee yeah. beans. And... Oh yeah. I got a grinder <laughs> and I got it, but the French press is the easiest joint. And then there's an Italian one you should check out. Like if you get a, but the grinder is only like 50 bucks or you can okay. change, change it up, but you can get beans cheap. Um, but yeah, you can also just buy a bag of Dunkin' and make it home on a French press. And it's like super simple. Um, or you get a coffee maker, Mr. Coffee, just like, you know, at the office. But you can get them cheap nowadays. Just yeah, because I was looking at a few, but I'm I'm probably the ones with the little pocket. Like it's a one cup thing. It's the, the one with the little pockets. Yeah, Keurig. The only thing I'll tell I'll warn you, Rondell, man, you know, the uh, <laughs> the liberals might get you because they're environmentally, they're not to be, they're not that great. Oh, okay. Because okay. they're, they're saying like every cup of coffee is like one of those little plastic joints. Oh, okay. okay. But they are delicious. They are <laughs> like when, you, when you're at a hotel that got the Keurig, that's a good hotel. You're kind of psyched for that because the regular, regular hotel coffee, that's just like, ugh. I mean, it's yeah. all right, but it's watery. It doesn't have the doesn't have the goods. 
yeah, that's what they had in, in the room. They had one of the curate things, and I was like, okay, you know, but I didn't touch it because I don't. When I go to hotels, I don't. I bring my own liquor, <laughs> so I don't want you hitting me with no incidental charges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. The worst. What I've found is the fancier the the more expensive the room, the more incidental charges there are, man. They'll put like a big fat bottle of water like right next to your bed, just being like waiting for you. Waiting to for you. Yeah, you're like, oh, should I take I was like, nah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pay $20 <laughs> for a bottle of water today. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I still, you still love traveling, don't you, Rondell? You still love it when they give you a hotel room and you get to do some stand-up. Yeah, it's like a work cake. It's like a work vacation most of the I'm especially just to get out of New York, you know, just to get out. And then when we were able to walk around and go outside, you know, just just to do that. So yeah, just like to- even doing the show this last weekend, it was like a, a ghost town, but people came out to the show, but I mean there was nothing going on outside, you know. So yeah, it's just uh I you know, I think I, there's nothing wrong with it if uh people are masked. Uh, I'm choosing not to go out just yet, but I am itching. And I think my family wants me to leave and get out because <laughs> they're sick of my ass. And I do have, as you could tell, I thought my owl movie was playing. Um, but you could tell that I'm, uh, yeah, I'm itching to get out there. And I do like, I do think if you take Corona serious, if you're washing your hands and wearing your mask and not, not hanging mob deep, you know, too long. <laughs> Uh, so have you not gotten it or did you get it? Uh, I haven't gotten it uh, on wood. Um, cause I'm always, when I started, I, I mean, when it started, I would mask up, but I had on gloves before, you know, cause they were saying it was here. It wasn't here, but I had on gloves anyway, just gloves. And then I did, uh, I did work. I had, they had us working. I had like, um, we worked for like a month and a half sanitizing NYCHA buildings, you know, New York City project buildings yeah so they had us doing that sanitizing buildings so i was already like rubber gloves face masks you know like in the, you had all from, the gear like, ready to go did you yeah. have, you had the good face mask you had the good ventilator yeah i had the ventilator i had this uh, surgical mask then i got the 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 neck maskers too where you just you know how the bikers wear like the neck yeah yeah masks. yeah with the surgical the double up that's a good look i like I just started rocking the surgical with another one and it does. Yeah, on top. yeah. Yeah. So I would do that. So that part, and then I live alone, so I'm not really around anybody. So it's kind of, you know, I come in and that's it. It's not like I'm hanging out with older or younger people. It's just me by myself. So, so it kind of helps out. This is one of the good times to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're not getting on anybody's nerves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Rondell, you were you born in New York? Um, yeah, I was born in um Lenox Hospital, which is closed. <laughs> is that Brooklyn or the Bronx? Uh, it was Manhattan. It's oh, Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah, 14th Street. It's oh, not wow. there anymore. They they teared it down. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm just so trying to paint the picture to the uh, uh to the listener like you're a New York kid. Like you grew up you yeah. grew up in Brooklyn, right? No, no. Grew up in the Bronx. Grew up in the Bronx. Grew up in the Bronx, and okay. uh, but then lived in Brooklyn. Yeah, I would guess. Yeah, and then started doing stand-up comedy in your twenties. Yeah, and um, 
But you've done great, Rondell. And uh, and and I do think like touring with Tony Woods, like he's getting such a good look right now. Yeah. With the t- Tiffany Haddish, like, you know, something I'm working on is resentment and bitterness. Like as a comic, that's like our number one goal is oh, not yeah. is to not to get bitter and not to get because re- life is so good, you know, and being alive is such a dope like i don't know the older i get rondell the more i'm just like appreciative of yeah. every fucking day dude like i look back i'm like damn i know dudes that are done and been yeah. done for yeah. like 10 years you know yeah you and i shout out to todd lynn todd lynn was uh mean to everybody in the comedy scene but me he was nice to me. Yeah, he loved you he loved he loved you so much <laughs> i know i know uh, I hear like all these like Pete, uh, I, I, everybody of my ear got trashed by Todd Lynn. But Todd Lynn, I just I, you know what? I killed in front of him a few times. Like you, you all your your impression. There's dudes I know that are like out of like not doing that well at all. But the first time I saw him, they crushed. Yeah. So they're going to always be funny to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, but then you're struggling. Yeah. It's it's a, you know, what's a marathon this game, you know, with this. It's yeah, comedy survival, man. Because yeah. we, we've just seen people go way to the top and come way the way back, back down. Yeah, <laughs> Bill yeah. Cosby was in prison for the last five years. You know, it's yeah. just, shit flips and uh, shit flips fast. You know, think of look at Texas right now. Everybody's fucking. You know, it's snowing down there. Yeah. Oh, and I, yeah, with snow and it's like ice. Just <laughs> ice everywhere. Ice everywhere. People can't get water. Uh, love to everybody out there. Like, there is such a division. Um, and you know, I, uh, it's just like, yeah, we just said, uh, I, 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 good meditation quote is like, if you pray for God, He doesn't send an army; He sends love. You know, yeah. it's just like I just think love is gonna. If people just being nice to each other and helping each other out. Like, it just got to get to that point. <laughs> pretty much yeah and uh and and with the that that's something i think people are starting to get to at least hopefully they're doing that in texas i don't know yeah have you been watching any shows um and i've been watching i just started judas and the messiah the black messiah you know lucas brothers yeah i okay i just saw i watched it last night it's really good it's really good it's like johnny bros donnie brosco i will say to the viewer like uh, my man, my herb man, he's only, <laughs> only been giving me indica, right? So it's okay. just like, all I got is indica, and I just start falling asleep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> last night I was into it, but I only made it forty-five minutes in, and I got to finish it. But I did like it. It's like Donnie Brasco meets the Black Panthers, and it's a very historically significant, you know. Yeah. Um. Did you go? Do, do you know much about the history of the Black Panthers? I mean, just like it's not show, it's not told. I think in the Black community, the the history of the Black Panthers. If you're old enough, you did. I mean, because you, you've came up in the '70s a little bit, like yeah, me. a little bit. I, I some most knowledge, like I already knew that story. I knew it from like documentaries, and so that story I knew. Just the little stuff. Cause and it's Fred, all you know, Fred. Was he a good guy? What, 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 what was, was Fred a good guy? Like, or was he the most mil? Like he was like, we're getting guns. <laughs> like he was we're getting guns, but it's not like he, he would say we're getting guns. Well, well, when you, when you finish, when you watch it, you'll see that he's like, he says, we're doing this, we're doing that. 
but he wouldn't give direct orders to say, now you go do that. You know, he just puts it out there. Like yeah. when it, when you watch it, he'll you'll understand a little bit more. But and he I wasn't he wasn't where you're coming from. And definitely during the times and the desperation and, you know, just the isolation of the black community in terms of, you know, education wise and financial wise, that there is a need to be like, yo, we got to fucking protect ourselves. So, like, yeah. you know, you know, if somebody comes for us, there's really nobody that's going to have our back. So we have to realize that and come together a little bit on this. But it's 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 all it was all about J. Edgar Hoover being paranoid about black people and wouldn't pay any attention to the mob because the mob had evidence of him being, you know, gay. And, you know, so it's like he yeah. focused everything on blacks and not the mafia, you know, so it's kind of you have to look at it on that. There's so much other stuff. You know, just when you pay attention to history and you, you know, like now you can find everything, just YouTube google so it's not it's information's out there <laughs> yeah what actually happened yeah in terms of uh prominent black leaders you know questioning power being, power yeah questioning powers to be being knocked off you know um which is just you know scary and something we didn't live in i don't know <laughs> you know but yeah, I mean, just, yeah go ahead and it was our government doing it. It was the FBI. <laughs> it was our government. They they saw them as threats, you know, like how we see the Taliban or ISIS or most of the stuff wasn't that extreme, but they saw it as a threat to the government. So, you know, and, as, and it was Black people of, of that. <laughs> you know, they went back to the Klan, but they felt they didn't want well, yeah, once again, it's easier to yeah, it's easier to go for the minority yeah. because you got it's just math. You know, a lot of race like I'm learning and I respect everybody's culture, but a lot of it is pushing people to the side, you know, power, just trying to minimize other people in order to gain more and more power. You know, it, 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 I've always thought in my heart of hearts, the African-American community, just a manipulation of power got you know you know slaves actually built the economy of the u.s not to get too deep but they did you know it just tobacco was the trade and that's how america got money and that's just how it happened you know and yeah. that realization that people gotta you know it it's just what it is people gotta go back a little bit and try to figure out how to make it right yeah it's um, bad, but stuff that we you know Stuff that you know, it's it is not boring right now. I will say that <laughs> as crazy as everything is, that's why I'm like I'm glad to be alive, and I try not to overthink it. And I just just because I think it's important now that we have kind of difficult conversations with each other. Yeah. And I'm not going to be right, and uh, but at least I'm trying to like you know try to figure it out in our heads and try to move towards love. You know, whatever we can. That's what I do think about you know, militant groups and every, it's just, I do think, yeah, I don't know. It gets deep with <laughs> violence. You know, I'm just not into violence. I think a will to kill. That's what I've been thinking about. You know, it's just like, it's a, I don't know if that, it's just, I do, I think nature works in a way, like if you go towards the love and go more of a natural way, nature will meet you. you I don't know. Does that make any sense? No, no, you're right. I feel you on that. You know, it's just like I've been doing all this stuff about breathing and me even being a comedian, just like go towards it. You know, don't fight it. 
it's it, it's a natural process. If you put it in your brain, if you work hard, you know, nature will take its course and, you know, lead you the right way or lead, you know, hopefully, um, unless you get funky like this. Like the other day, I've been kicking over. Like, I'm glad you got a water bottle. I've been kicking over uh, cups of water. I always have cups of water, and every night I kick it over, and it goes right towards the electrical sockets. And oh, like, Jesus! Shit! Yeah, every day. <laughs> this doesn't happen every. I'm like, is the universe trying to electrocute? You know. So I'm just saying, you got to watch your p's and q's. You can't be too hippy dippy. I guess you can't be too hippy dippy because yeah. it's a tricky, tricky world out there. Are, are, are you still working out in the parks or you don't go to the parks? I know you were doing the park workout for a minute. Yeah, I love the park workout. I was doing pull-ups. I love, I went through a whole pull-up phase, like right when I was 40. <laughs> I did three sets of 10 pull-ups. I was so proud of myself. I love pull-ups. I love going to park. But Corona started hitting and I would go over there and there would be dudes with no masks over where the pull-up bars are. And I was like, man, you motherfucker. <laughs> then I would walk home. Cause I would, yeah, yeah my, nothing I love more than hitting a couple one hitters on the walk over, <laughs> doing some pull ups and not looking at my phone. I love not looking at my phone. <laughs> Anything I could do, I love making my bed. That's why I started playing the guitar. It's a, it's a way of not looking at my phone. I do like podcasting and I do like, I got a microphone that's like a real comedy club microphone. So I'm kind of getting used to this. So this is how I'm getting my, my stand-up uh bug out but i also yeah. have 20 years of experience so i'm not that you know i'll pick it back up man oh, i know man. i know the good job you know it's just going to be a different place yeah that's what i was uh i'm trying but every was battling back and forth i'm trying to get one of those ucb mics you know a little ucb mic and i want to get a better uh webcam yeah just like you said to talk <laughs> it's to talk it's a you know, like we've been doing it so long. Like my friend was like, oh, you got to go up every night. I'm like, I've been doing it for over 20 years. I know what I have to do to get prepared. I, yeah. I know how to set my jokes up. And, you know, it's just, it's just talking and then I'll get some stuff out and I can write it down, whatever. But, you know, it's just, especially now, that's like the best thing. You could, like you said, do your own podcast. You could just talk for like in half an hour by yourself and record it, upload it, you know, so. That's what I, I think how I started, Donna, uh, uh, Rondell. I just started uh, doing it. Um, I got a lavalier mic for a short film, and then I was like, I'll just plug this into my phone. So I just started recording it, and I didn't have any guests, and I would just do an hour. And it was hard, you know, it, but it was just like stand up that I was like, I'm just going to keep on doing it. And now yeah. people are actually listening, and, and it is something I'm proud of. And I have cool guests like you, Rondell, on, and uh, I'm glad to connect. <laughs> uh connect our forces man because uh there is a dope scene here in new york and a dope scene uh yeah i hope i'm thinking about getting a room in brooklyn like maybe a monthly or something when this thing opens up so i can get some stage time um on my terms you know uh, yeah the club scene got a little, not to talk about it too much, but the club scene the last five, six years have gotten kind of funky in Manhattan. I don't know. Am I wrong? Am, yeah. Am I, it's it's always been kind of funky. Am I, I might be right. I was thinking about it today. I was like, the thing is you want to get out of those clubs fast. You don't want to stay in them too long. You want to be out. You want to get to the point where people are booking you on the road. Oh, yeah. 
can't I live think- and die by those rooms. And I think you and I did for a while. And it's just, I don't know. You, you get burned out. And then when you snot, you're like, okay. Then when the big guys come in, you get to the side for them to get the spots, you know, so it's, yeah. and then you got to battle if the bookers get fired. Now you got to do I have to re-audition for a new booker. And, and it's just, you know, like Wayne Rader has been, how many clubs did Wayne Rader work? <laughs> like so many different clubs. He would okay, take his Wayne people Rader with him. actually managed Patrice O'Neill and he, and he was yeah. a, a little bit of a shady character, but also yeah, a little bit. <laughs> little bit of a ch- I wasn't ever sure what was behind door number three or four. And I didn't want to know uh, as a lot of these bookers. There's just a, you know, it's a, it's the nightclub business. So, and, and Wayne Wainwright is not even doing it anymore. Like some people just come in for five years and they book it. They like the comedy. They like to the drink. They may do coke, you know, and it's just like they hang out for five to seven years. And usually people get burned out and move on. But I think the rooms outside of Manhattan is like what started happening, you know, even like bar shows, Brooklyn Bowl and all these other yeah. only alternative rooms. But, you know, that's what it was leading to, you know. Yeah, I just think that's with the Internet. Like, that's where I think the money is happening. People are, you know, selling stuff off like shout out to Shawnee Slices. You know, he's selling pizza right off the Instagram and they're actually really good and he's making money and doing it. So I just think the money is just moving in a different direction. Yeah. And, you know, owning and facilitating a comedy club full time. I don't know in the future. Are the, is that going to work? I'm not sure, you know. Or are people just going to book stuff on the Internet like, yo, I got this boo, 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 put it on my Spotify, put it on my other thing. Here's the date. Here's the venue. I sell tickets through this app. And yeah, uh, that's what's happened. That's what's yeah. been happening. All these other like a few shows I did, they everything is put it online. The secret location, <laughs> the location, and it's you know you get a you get a nice show and people want to come out. So when the club in a dirt bag that runs it, he'll Venmo you some cash <laughs> or cash app. That's my thing. Cap, you can make oh, money with app. cash app. So yeah, yeah. There's the money's just moving. I'm kind of excited if we could, if I can get through this without no COVID. Yeah. Um, and this the and the numbers, you know, this vaccine. Are you going to take the vaccine, Rondell? Um, I probably would have to, but it's gonna. When it gets down to when everyone has to have it, I'll, you know, hopefully, you know, because I heard people getting sick from the vaccine and it's kind of sketchy information. So you don't really know which one is the better one or which one's the, you know. So. Love your honesty, Rondell. You're right. And am I right? Like, like we were touching on before, I do think the, the as I want to get the vaccine just because I knew people that died and, you yeah. know, old and stuff like that. But at the same time, I understand the hesitation of people and understanding that they don't know what I'm putting in the body. And as you know, like you can't really trust the government all the time for those. Uh, (laughs) I was just saying the black community knows not has has learned from history, you know, maybe sometimes not to go blindly into these things. Yeah, that's all. There's people who recently, but they were old anyway, like Hank Aaron, he took a shot. And then, like a couple of weeks later, he died. But he was already in his like seventies, you know. So Ooh, yeah, because so I kinda... a flu shot and I could feel it in my arm. Yeah. And if you're not ready for it, like you're just giving yourself a little, you know, you're just building up those antibiotics that can handle. Yeah. And if you if those antibiotics can't handle it, you got it. <laughs> 
So it's, but most likely I'll do the shot, but I'm still going to mask up, you know, because I don't think things are going to go back to somewhat normal until 2022. That's what it looks like, you know. Yeah. It probably come down to summer will be nice, then you'll see how the winter is. And I know and there's if, variants. Like I am worried about people because people, you could just feel it at the air. Like I was at the post office and a couple of people didn't have masks on. I, you could just feel, and it was sunny outside. You could feel people loosening up. And I was like, yeah. I don't know if this is a good time to start loosening up right now. And I did hear of just, I won't say the name, but I did hear of somebody else. Yeah. in yeah. In showbiz. that just, just got it. Just got yeah. it. You know? Yeah. I, I think Chappelle got it too recently. He got it recently too. Yeah, he did have he, it. He was hanging out with Joe Rogan's friends. <laughs> somebody, I mean, one of Texas is fired. Texas just went crazy. Just said, we're not closing down. And now the power's out and, yeah, Everybody yeah. moved there, Rogan. You know, Giannis moved to Texas, too. Oh, he did? Sure. Yeah. That's a Brooklyn cat. Like, everybody moved down there. The Creek in the Cave moved down there. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. They, they had to do something because they just wasn't, you know. Yeah, it was time. And New York isn't opening up. Yeah, it's just not It's not that, you know, it's tough uh, to st start a comedy club right now in new york city would be yeah it's not, gonna <laughs> <go>. <laughs> it's not. but texas yeah texas and the stress factory ended up working out i did you know we got to support all these clubs i don't want to bash any of these clubs but some of them are great and i love working comedy clubs and some of yeah. them run great you know it runs the spectrum some of them are run top notch and some of them are running you know kind of shady it's just like any place yeah um but I do want to support them. Did you have fun at the stress factory? Did they take it serious? Was Rich Foss hanging out? No, no, he was there the, the previous week, but it was, um, the Connecticut one. I don't, I think people just go out there to work. They don't really hang out, you know, Yeah. but, um, it was, I had a good time. It was, it was great to perform in a live stand-up show and in front of a crowd at a comedy club. <laughs> it felt good, you know, but it still was, I think we had too many people doing guest spots on the show because you know how Tony Woods is a nice guy. He lets everyone. It's like, it was too many guest spots. Everybody knows Tony. And I went to Caroline's right before, uh, I think, uh, like Caroline's right before Corona happened. Remember he played that week, I think with that James guy. He did that weekend and I just stopped by. If I see yeah. somebody at Car Caroline's, shout out to Caroline's. Caroline's has never ripped me off with money. <laughs> They've always been honest. <laughs> I've always loved working there. If I got a weekend at Caroline's, I'm actually really happy because they always feed me yeah, and yeah. pay me. And uh, and it's usually a good, I mean, it's kind of a touristy crowd. It kind of matters who you got. But the last time I went there with Tony, that I saw Tony, yeah, it was just lined full of comics. Like, comics. Oh, yeah, it was. Everybody was hanging out. DC Benny's doing a guest set. Michael Coyier, that uh, classic Def Jam comic. Yeah he, yeah, he did a guest. He did a guest. Like, dudes I hadn't seen, like, in 10 years are up there doing guests. Like, you know, not that all those guys are headliners and doing stuff. It just Tony knows everybody. Yeah. And I went and I wasn't, I was like, I went, I was like, I know I'm not going to go up. And I didn't want to go up. It's kind of like, it's a Saturday night. I'm like, let me just go hang out. I haven't seen him in a while. And it's just people just guest spots and. You know, and then Jason's there, you know, and so it's it's kind of all right. Then it's kind of weird. Like, all right. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I going up? yeah. Uh, no, but the yeah, it's and Tony's so confident. He doesn't care if a bunch of people went on before him and fucked yeah. him up. That's the thing. How good Tony Woods is at comedy 
is that he could literally have like 20 people go up and bomb and you know he he got Kramer go up and do some shit you know and he's just gonna go on and do his material he's just gonna go on and kill kill yeah be as awkward and weird I seen I did shows with him in DC like you know I've seen him do theater biggest theaters Kennedy Center and then I've also seen him off of highway like Maryland backwoods sports bar on a Tuesday night and here comes Tony Woods you know he just he is that dude that's gonna do some stand-up and he's gonna do it right yeah that Baltimore what's the club in Baltimore I didn't I wanted to do it with him but I couldn't do it well there's no movies no it's uh, wasn't like the factory oh, or something yeah the comedy factory the comedy, comedy factory, factory in Baltimore yeah yeah somebody got stabbed there last oh Jesus <laughs> it's violent man <laughs> No joke. You can't be calling for security with security. They got knives. <laughs> oh, so, uh, there was, yeah, somebody got stabbed at the original Baltimore Comedy Factory, like during a show. I remember that. And I used to do that, but they moved it. They, it's more official, but they had it at this other place and they used to headline me really early on. But I would have to do three shows Saturday, three shows Sunday, three shows Friday, three shows Saturday headlining. And they would do these all you can drink tickets. It was like the most savage. Wow. Yeah, I spent a lot in two. I did too many of those shows, but they would pay me really well, and the hotel was great. And I like Baltimore. <laughs> but three shows, I could only do one show on Sunday. You did three shows on Sunday? Not on Sunday, Friday and Saturday, three shows. Okay. Oh, three. They made your money on you. Like they would be like, yo, Ron, we're giving you like 15 to two G's. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's the headline. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. a regular headliner. That's kind of your base headliner weekend comedy club. But they would throw two more shows. You know, they were making their money on money. it. Okay. You know? it's like they were they they added one other show that no other comedy club would do to you. You know, they put a whole you know, and they brought a whole other crowd in and you were working that, you know, you weren't leaving until three thirty in the morning. Shit. Yeah, that, that would. Yeah, that, I didn't. I didn't know that. <laughs> but this is like this. I guess this would be like ninety five. This would be like no, not ninety two thousand five to two thousand ten. You know, okay. they were at this old building. Then they moved over to the other place that used to be the Improv, and it's more of like you know just a big room deal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because we uh yeah we did six. We were supposed to do five, and we did six because the valent the people on Valentine's Day they wanted to come out for Valentine's Day, so. But it was, you know, when they, they hit six, because I, I would only get the, the hundred, you know, a hundred. So I was like, yeah, that's 600. That's good, you know, better than 500. So, but yeah, oh man, three shows. I remember clubs used to do that, like Sal's Comedy Hole and some other places used to do three shows on, on Friday and then three shows on Saturday. And you got the early one, then you got the nice one, then you got the late show, you know. Yeah, yeah, then you just got the mess. <laughs> yeah, the mess is like after after like the midnight show is like, oh, you're just done. And then and, if you're hosting it like I was hosting, oh. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, yeah, Rondell, we've gone just about an hour for the cannabis oh. coffee hour, and I appreciate it, man. Uh, just to sign off, what kind of music are you listening to? I try to lean into tunes. I know you've got a good ear. What are you listening to right now? Um, I don't. It's whatever. It's like whatever's old school, uh, hip hop wise. Nothing really. You Are know, you when messing with Gucci Man? Are you messing with this trap stuff? Uh, a little bit of trap stuff, but I was rocking um Nipsey Hussle for a minute before he, you know, before he passed. Or was... oh, you were into it before he passed. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people talk about Nipsey and they didn't even listen to their music. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like his album when it first came out. I was like, oh, this is it. I was rocking that for a good. 
the whole year. And I was like, Who turned you on to that? I um kind of an underground saw, West Coast. Yeah. Dude. Um, he was on one of Snoop Dogg's albums back in the day. Then just a little bit, you know, didn't pay too much attention, but I knew his I knew who he was. And then when he like he has like a lot of mixtape albums, but then when he dropped his official album, I was like, oh. And I just started going back and just listen to all his stuff. But he was one of the, like, I guess, the younger rappers. I was like, oh, I can, this guy, we could just roll with him. You know, you try to find his older dude, you got to find a rapper you could hang and just like, all right, I can understand what they're saying. And it's just somewhat meaningful music with some substance. But, you know, the yeah. mumble stuff, I can't do too much. The beats are It's nice. gotten really violent is the only thing. And I, maybe it's just my yeah. age, but the shit has been really like, you know, I'm yeah. gonna grab a pack and then I'm gonna shoot. You know, it's all like straight, you know. Yeah, you could reference on some coke dealing, but the whole thing is, <laughs> the whole song doesn't mean to be I'm cooking crack, I'm cooking, you know, I'm cooking crack, I'm cooking what is you know, but the Migos they do have that like it is like trap music, but it, there is something to it. There, there is something to that Migos beat that I do kind of like, and Gucci Man, it, it does have something there. But it's not what we listen to, you know. It's just, it's a different thing, man. It's a different vibe. Yeah, like for the Migos, I can listen to like the last album, but I'm still like I always like when Fat Joe drops something, I'm like, please be good, so I can, <laughs> I can listen to a Fat Joe album. Well, yeah, some of these guys have like that flow. I would say Kendrick has kind of our generation flow in a yeah. new generation format. I think Jay Cole's kind of like that. Uh, Run the Jewels did it the best. I think yeah, Run yeah. the Jewels kind of like hit like what what you term of like 90s or I would say I call it New York hip hop. Like I, I really think if you want to talk hip hop, you got, you know, you're talking the espresso. If when you talk about, you know, early 90s, late 80s or even the original hip hop from New York is like, you know, the it, is, it almost sounds like blues music now. It has soul. It has. It has depth, whereas now uh, you listen to a trip hop video, it just it washes through you like sugar. You know, it just like <laughs> it gets you high for a minute and then it makes you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, but I put on Cool G rap. Oh, man. Uh, you got to make it happen. Get this running. Oh, uh, Fast Life. Yeah, Fast Life by Cool G rap. Oh man, and it has Nas's verse. Go back to that. That is a fucking hot. You know who else has a, some great new beats? Is A A Z Nas's A Z A Z. Yeah, I, I, I saw his, the, one of his new videos. He still looks the same. He looks like he's still in his. his and the flow's still the same. That's what I love about it, man. I got that. I got that. I love that shit, man. I listen. I have Spotify. I do enjoy Spotify. And I, I got all like all the new AZ. Like I was like, oh, this dude still got it. <laughs> Just like you, Rondell, you still got it, my man. And I appreciate uh, you coming through. Uh, Wu Tang forever, R and R forever. I love you, man. Uh, you're one of my favorite people, and I'm glad you're still alive and kicking it. And I can't wait till we get out of this pandemic and we can podcast and do some more shows, uh, stand up wise. Yes. Thank you for having me, brother. It's been a long time, man. It's been a long time, man. It's been too long. Been too long. We got to get back into each other's universe. Uh, as soon as this comes, let's get together. 
I'll have you over to the house. I know I've been talking dinner for a while. <laughs> I owe you dinner. But you know, I don't bring that in. I don't bring many comedy people into my- no, I know, I know. You're I know. My, there's only like three or four people that I trust uh, to bring close into the into the fold. But you, you know, you're one of my favorite people ever, Rondo. And you were there from my beginning of my New York comedy shit. You were always there. And I lo always loved seeing when you're around. It bums me out when I would go to those clubs and I wouldn't see you around. It's all these <laughs> corn balls. <laughs> all right, my man, Rondell. Thank you, buddy. All right. Peace, love, everybody. We're out. Right, that's it, man. I appreciate it, Rondell. Let me turn it off, but I'll try to stay on.